So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space in West Limit 102. My name is John Keeley. Thank you again for joining us this morning. And this is the 5th of August. It's the 18th Sunday in Ordinary Time. A very special program we got this morning, and then we've got a full house here in the Common Sea Studio in Erda. Stand up for my right-hand side. Uh, great to welcome you back again. Lorraine Buckley, how are you? Good morning, John. Good morning, listeners. I'm very well. I'm a little hoarse. God love me, because I was at the match last Sunday, so I, I kind of shouted very enthusiastically for a certain team. And we would like to wish, of course, the Limerick team all the best of luck in about two weeks' time now. And because this is a Christian programme, we'd also like to offer your condolences as well, too. I, do you know what I have to say, John? The Cork team are fantastic. And I mean this, they are absolutely fantastic and their supporters are some of the finest supporters I've ever met in the world. We were chatting with quite a few of them back to the Lewis, uh, back to the Red Cow, and they're just sound people. So commiserations oh. to the Cork well, team all of you Cork people. people who are listening to our programme out there in County Cork somewhere, there you are, a plug for County Cork. But we also welcome back again Mariah Colity. Good morning, how are you? Good morning, John. Good morning, listeners. And you brought somebody with you? I did indeed. Kathleen Shukru came with me today. From Newcastle West? From Newcastle West. Welcome to the programme, Kathleen. How are you? I'm good, thank you, John. So yourself and Kathleen are going to chat to us later on in the programme about... The World Meeting of Families Mass that we're going to have. In Newcastle West? In Newcastle West. Okay. And, of course, where would we go without Shane Ambrose somewhere out there in Skyplant? How are you? Good morning. Good morning, John. Good morning, Shane. Just because you didn't get to the match now, <laughs> you're too upset now. <laughs> but anyway, you're not... Good morning, listeners. How are we doing today? We're good, we're good. Thanks much, Shane, for joining us this morning. And this, as we said, it's the 18th Sunday in Ordinary Time. And, of course, the biggest shout-out and the biggest, list, the, the biggest welcome we want to make t- on this programme and any other programme is for those listeners who are housebound and lonely and struggling maybe with some health problems or other issues in their lives... We pray that the Holy Spirit will, will stay with you for the next hour and hopefully uh, enable you to hear some good news which is going to be shared amongst the, the members of the, the studio audience here with me this morning. Just to remind people again, uh, this programme goes out at 10am on Sunday morning and at 11pm on Sunday night. Well, that's the plan. Now, I believe last Sunday night at 11pm the programme didn't go out and I believe the reason for that, I've been told, is that there was... Um, there was a power cut in the station. Now, whether that was because certain people were shouting too loud, <laughs> whatever, I'm not too sure. But anyway, apologies for that. But as we say always, if um, our programme is always goes out on a podcast, and that's on our blog, which is www.sacredspace102.blogspot.com. So if you can't hear it in Limerick or Newcastle West, you can certainly hear us in Hong Kong or China or any other part of the world. You can also get us on iTunes, and that's by searching Come and See Inspirations. Contact us by email if you've got a question or a comment or a request for music or even a request to bring maybe other guests onto the programme, maybe discuss other issues. You can do that by emailing us on sacredspace102 at gmail.com or you can text us and that's on 87 That's 87 Now with this part of the programme, as usual, Shane will share some Celestial guys for the week, or those saints that are accomplished during the week. Well, Shane, who have you got for us this week? Um, well, this week, um, we have a couple of um, fairly heavy hitters, I have to say, that are on the calendar this week. So, as John said at the top of the programme, today is the 18th Sunday in Ordinary Time. So, for those of us praying the Psalter, it's on week two. 
Uh, obviously, because the 5th this year is a Sunday, we are not celebrating the feast day of the dedication of the Basilica of Mary Major in Rome, which is that uh, was one of the first churches in the West dedicated to Mary. So Monday, the 6th of August, is the feast day of the Transfiguration of the Lord. Now, of course, Transfiguration is the event on Mount Tabor, when Peter, James, and John witness Christ having a conversation with uh, Moses and Elijah, and he was transfigured. Normally, the event or the account of the Transfiguration, we hear it during Lent, but it has its own particular feast day, which is celebrated on the 6th of August. And uh, a feast that's kept in different... Of course, for anyone that has been to Medjugorje, the 6th of August, of course, is a big feast day with the celebration of Mass on Mount Krishavak, uh, for which is which which is a celebration which actually predated uh, the 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 start of the the whole Marian association with 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 uh, Saint James's pa- uh, parish in in Medjugorje. So then, uh, on the 7th of August, we have a very ancient feast day. It's the feast day or the memorial of Saint Sixtus the Second. He was a pope. And himself and his companions were martyred uh, under the persecution of Valerian around uh, 258 AD. Now, Sixtus was a pope. He, only, he, was, only, um, he was only elected pope. Uh, for, he was there for one year, for less than a year. And he's famous in, from a, from, in one sense in terms of dealing with heresies and the issue of baptism, where he basically said that... Uh, baptism was basically based on the person's own desire and actions and not the errors of the person who performed the sacrament because there was a question mark over it at the time. Secondly, of course, he's famous because he was celebrating Mass in the tomb of St. Callistus, which is one of the famous catacombs in Rome, uh, when they were set upon and he was martyred. Uh, himself and four deacons were martyred there while he was celebrating Mass. It's a very ancient feast that we keep. His, mem- his, mem- his name is Kurs in the uh, canon of the Mass, or Eucharistic Prayer Number One. Then on the <clears throat> excuse me, on the eighth of August, we have the feast day of Saint Dominic, he of the founder of the Dominicans. So to all our Dominican friends, uh, we wish a happy feast day. And for, of course, all of the Third Order Dominicans, in particular, we wish a happy feast day. Dominic, of course, Spanish, very much associated with the founding of the Order of Preachers, which bears his name. Originally to counteract the Al- Albigensian heresy, I think it's called, in the south of France. Obviously, of course, the Dominicans, very much associated with preaching, re- uh, theology, and, uh, of course, the, the motto associated with the Order is Veritas or Truth. Um, Dominic, of course, very much associated uh, with, with, with preaching. And it's interesting, of course, he's also associated very much with St. Francis, the two of them, or Francis of Assisi. The two of them are very much put together when you talk because they were around, they were contemporaries at the time. And there is a lovely, um, there is a lovely story, I suppose. Or, um, Dominic, you know, once received a vision of meeting a beggar who, like Dominic, would do great things for the faith. And Dominic met the beggar the next day, and he embraced him and said, "Now you are my, my companion, and you must walk with me." And of course, he was talking about Saint Francis of Assisi. Of course, the other thing that's very much associated with Saint Dominic is, of course, the Rosary, because the Dominicans, among many orders, take the tradition that um, they, 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 Our Lady gave the Rosary to them for the propagation of the faith. Of course, on Sacred Space 102, uh, the 8th of August is also a very particular day because, of course, it is the feast day of our unofficial blog patron saint, St. Mary MacKillop. 
Uh, Mary McKillop, of course, founder of the Order of Saint Joseph, I think is what they're called. Their proper name. I always just call them. I always just call them the Brown Joeys, which was their nickname in Australia. She's Australia's first saint of Scottish parents, very much associated with Father Julian Tennyson Woods of founding the congregation of the Sisters of Saint Joseph of the Sacred Heart dedicated very much to education, as we've recounted very much on this program a number of times, suffered for the faith, including uh, excommunication because of being misunderstood and her control of her order taken off her, um, appealed to Rome and all the rest of it, and she eventually was put back in charge as the superior of the congregation. Uh, very much, of course, associated with different parts of Ireland because she came to Europe to get to for vocations and for fundraising and, of course, uh, there was many Irish sisters that were members of the congregation. The congregation is still very much associated with education in Australia. And Mary McKillop was the first uh, canonized saint of, the, of Australia. And she was canonized by Benedict XVI in 2010. So we give a happy feast day to all the sisters, particularly in Limerick. But there's many of them that have retired home from Australia to work in the diocese. Now, on the 9th, it is the feast day of St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross, otherwise known as Edith Stein. Edith Stein uh, is, or St. Teresa Benedicta, is one of the patrons of Europe. She's a Carmelite saint. And the interesting thing about her was she was born a Jew, uh, her, her, in a, from a Jewish family. Uh, she lost her interest in the faith by the age of 13 and very much associated then with philosophy and in particular the study of feminology. She studied at the University of Gothenburg in Germany, and she earned her doctorate in 1916. Then she uh, kind of read herself into the faith, it's how it's described, because she witnessed the strength of Catholic friends, and overnight she is said to have read a book uh, dedicated or written by St. Saint, um, Saint Teresa of Avila. Uh, converted to Catholicism in Cologne, and then eventually she entered the Carmelites in 1934, taking the name of Teresa Benedict of the Cross. Now, the interesting thing about it is that at the time, she originally introduced the, the Carmelites in Germany, and then obviously because she and her sister were obviously of Jewish extraction under the laws at the time, they were moved to Holland for safety. However, at the time, uh, the Nazis invaded Holland, took over control, um, but they, the, the Dutch bishops at the time issued a pastoral in condemnation of the, some of the activities of the, of the Nazis, and in retaliation, they rounded up those who were of Jewish extraction in Holland, uh, which included uh, Edith Stein and her sister Rose, and took them and transported them to the concentration camp of Auschwitz, where they died in the gas chambers like so many others. Edith Stein is supposed to have said to her sister, come Rosa, we go to die for our people, as they were led away from the convent. And she has also been declared one of the co-patronesses of Europe, along with St. Benedict, whose feast day was celebrated on the 11th of July, and, of course, our own St. Columbanus as well. And I think it is St... There's another saint there, and I'll think of it in a second. There's a fourth uh, patron of Europe, I'll think for in a minute. Then on the 10th, we have an interesting saint. It's Lawrence, the deacon, one of the early proto-martyrs of the church. Lawrence is very well-renowned. We've, we've told his story a couple of times on the program, because when he was martyred for the faith... Uh, he was supposedly put on a gridiron and uh, burnt to death. Uh, and he's supposed to have turned around and kind of said to his executors, turn me over, I'm done on this side. Um, <laughs> not quite, I think. But <laughs> Breakfast, easy. easy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm just thinking that people, people uh, having their uh, rashers uh, this morning uh, might have gone too well. Uh, so that's the Lawrence. Lawrence, we celebrate his feast day on the 10th of August, which is next Friday. 
And of course, the Basilica St. Lawrence is dedicated to him in Rome. He was an archdeacon of Rome, so he's very much associated with the Diocese of Rome. And he actually, just going back, um, he was he was he suffered around the t- same time as Sixtus II, whose face stays on the second. Um, so, but once Sixtus was killed, Lawrence was the ranking uh, clergyman in Rome at the time. So that's St. Lawrence. We celebrate him on the 10th. Then finally, on the 11th of uh, August, we celebrate the feast day of St. Clare of Assisi. Of course, Clare of Assisi, very much associated, of course, with the poor Clares of the Franciscan family. With St. Francis, she founded the Order of Poor Ladies, otherwise known as the Poor Clares in San Domingo, and she led it for 40 years. Um, everywhere the Franciscans established themselves throughout Europe, they, went, they took the Poor Clares with them. Uh, depending solely on alms and forced to have complete faith on God to provide true people. Clare is very much associated with music and well-composed sermons. And if I'm not mistaken, she's also associated with telegraphs, telephones, and television. She's a patron saint of television, which is an unusual, John. It was proclaimed by Pius XII in 1958. And she, the reason being, um, she was too ill to attend Mass, and an image of the divine energy was be displayed on the wall of her cell, and that's why she's associated very much with the cell or her room. Uh, that's why she's associated with patronage of television, and um, and then she was of course very close friend and spiritual student of Saint Francis, and the lovely tradition is that he led her soul into the light at her death, and she died in 1253. And she was canonized in 1255 by Pope Alexander IV. So, John, that's our celestial guides for this week. You were fairly busy, Shane, collecting all of those for us this week. Thank you so much for that. Very comprehensive. Just a few notices now, just to bring to people's attention. First of all, um, the planned U2000 Summer Festival in Rasgray, County Tipperary, for those who were thinking of going to it, has actually been cancelled. That was on for the June, due to take place between 16th and 19th of August. That's the U2000 Summer Festival. EWTN, if people are interested, next Saturday night, 7 o'clock for an hour, the Poor Clare Nuns, A Life for God, an inside look at the way, at life of thousands of nuns who today still follow the way of St. Clare, spending their lives in prayer and sacrifice behind monastic walls. So that's next Saturday, 7 o'clock for an hour. Just to remind people again, a few people have asked me to mention it again. Um, we had Father Eamon uh, Fitzgibbon on last week who spoke to us on the future of the Irish Parish Pastoral Conference. And that's taking place in the Institute, the Irish Institute for Pastoral Studies in St. Patrick's Campus in Thurles. And that takes place from the 28th of August to the 29th of August for two days. Um, for further information, you can actually email Dr. Father Eamon uh, at IIPS at mic.ul.ie or you can telephone the pastoral centre there on 054 that's 054-205-90 and just one last one just to remind people again at the Dominican Church we've mentioned this for the last few weeks now Dominican Church in Limerick they'll be hosting the relics of St. Therese of Lisieux and her parents St. Louis and Zelie Martin on Saturday the 18th of August, beginning with 1pm Mass, Blessing of the Roses, uh, Veneration of Relics and Reflections by the Dominicans will follow. Um, it, it'll conclude with some Vespers concluding the event at 5pm. And just to let people know, Sister Beatrice Clark will join us from, from the, actually from the USA, from Nashville next week, where she will share with us again some information, more information on St. Therese of Lejeune. So that's next week. 
Now, that debate brings me to the end of, of my part of giving out um, notices and so on and so forth. So before we go for our first bit of music, there's a prayer we always pray um, before we go for this piece of music. And this morning, because the two ladies here, uh, both uh, Kathleen and Mariah, are going to share with us some information on the world meeting the families in Newcastle West, they're both going to share this prayer for us this morning. So thank you, ladies. Off you go. Thank you. God, our Father, we are brothers and sisters in Jesus, your Son, one family in the spirit of your love. Bless us with the joy of love. Make us patient and kind, gentle and generous, welcoming to those in need. Help us to live your forgiveness and peace. Protect all families with your loving care, especially those for whom we now pray. Increase our faith. Strengthen our hope. Keep us safe in your love. Make us always grateful for the gift of life that we share. This we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for that, ladies. So now we'll go for our first bit of music. And this morning we're going to play one um, which I picked up, actually. It's, it's about families. It's entitled Welcome to the Family. And this one is by Blessie Avance. So let's hear this. <laughs> Welcome to the family We're glad that you have come To share your life with us As we grow in love And may we always be to you What God would have us be A family always there To be strong and to lead Welcome to the family We're glad that you have come To share your life with us As we grow in love And may we always be to you What God would have us be A family always 
So welcome back again to the second part of Sacred Space. My name is John Keeley, still joined uh, by Lorraine, Kathleen and Mariah here in studio and Shane is with us still on the other end of the sky plan. This week, as uh, as we thought we'd do, um, we'd, we'd have a chat with a few of the parishioners here from Newcastle West who had arranged something um, next weekend, actually, at the 6.30 Mass, I believe, is in Newcastle West, around the theme of family. The reason why this, because of course, it's all around world meeting the families. Just to remind us again all about the world meeting the families. Now, Ryan, give us a brief little outline of. Just a very quick synopsis mm. for anybody who doesn't know what the world meeting of families is. Of course, Dublin, Ireland has been chosen by Pope Francis to host the next world meeting of families, which takes place from the 21st to the 26th of August. And it's guided by the theme, the Gospel of the Family joy for the world. This is a major international event which brings together families from across the world to celebrate, pray and reflect upon the central importance of marriage and the family as the cornerstone of our lives, of society and of the church. There's a a couple of key moments just to remind our listeners. On the 21st of August, there will be the national opening of the World Meeting of Families. Then from the 22nd to the 24th of August, there will be a three-day congress with plenty of workshops, speakers, testimonies and discussions, which is also one of the reasons why, unfortunately, the U2000 uh, annual summer retreat has been cancelled this year, because U2000 have been asked Mm. to do uh, one of the workshops to hold uh, one of the stands there for the entire celebration of World Meeting of Families. Then on Saturday, the 25th of August, we have a festival of families, which comprises a reflective concert style event with a prayerful and joyful atmosphere and then of course on the Sunday the 26th of August there will be the closing with a solemn Eucharistic celebration. So in anticipation of all of that the wonderful parish of Newcastle West from which I hail, I must put up my hand there, um, are preparing for the World Meeting of Families by holding a special Mass. Can you tell us a little bit more about that Mariah? So we decided to hold a family team Mass in celebration for family. We didn't want to miss the opportunity that this world event was going to be on our own country. We wanted to bring a little piece in preparation, get families prepared, let families even know what's on. Sometimes people don't even know these world events to be on. So we decided to sit down together, pick the Saturday the 6.30, August the 11th, in our own Newcastle West Church. Um, We're going to have symbols, we have a bit of music organised, lively music, actions, something people will go away with a smile. 
that was the whole idea of it. Um, but I suppose we kind of wanted to to meet the families in our own parish. There's going to be tea and coffee afterwards. Can't go wrong with tea after <laughs> for the for the chat. So we we want to meet families. We want to see, you know, can we get a little ministry group going? That's kind of the plan. So just for having the mass, but it's going to roll on to to something. So it won't just be over. We are going to continue doing something. Oh, that's wonderful, Maria. And of course, Kathleen and yourself have done a little training in youth ministry, haven't you guys? Yes, Lorraine, we have. Yeah, and totally enjoy the whole experience of it. Um, it was um, a great learning experience, a great sharing experience, and um, we hope to what to and it's we're speaking. We learned in the language of the young people as well to put it together, and we hope to do um, to we'll say bring it to our parish um, and get a lot more people involved you know, and help us, and it will be ongoing. Oh, that's wonderful. I remember being at a meeting once where, you know, the slightly older people were saying, oh, the young people are the future of the church, and I distinctly remember a young person standing up and going, we are not the future of the church. We are the church. You know, from the moment you're baptised, you're a member of the church. So we have to do our outreach and, and our welcome for everybody of every mm-hmm. age group, which is why a family event is such a wonderful event because... You have all the age groups. You have all yeah. the age mm-hmm. groups, exactly. Yeah. Tell me, what do you think um, the well meeting of families means to young people these days? Um, I think for young people, as, as myself being um, a young person, it's it's a world event. I was at Poland for the, the, the youth festival mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And you're you're in a small little town and you're just surrounded by people from so many different countries, your own mm. age, going the same path, same struggles, same, you know, wanting to actually live the faith. So by bringing this world meeting of families to Ireland, at least families can get that bit of that what I had, you mm. know, feel that they're not just the only family that's trying to live mm. the, the Catholic life, the, that there is thousands, there's wonderful families across the globe. I've met them through U2000, I've met families from England and I've met families from different parts. And it's just to know as well that Ireland is such a small country, but yet we're very, we're very large as well. You know, we have a lot of families and mm. Ireland is a family country. We can't debate that. Um, but I suppose for young people, just to have that sense that, I can actually have my family with me, that they're not mm. going to just a youth event and they're not just going for, to a young person event. Mm-hmm. They can bring their family, experience it with their family and be able to go home then and sit around the table and speak about it with their family. That's yeah. kind of what I feel the young people that I've been talking to are looking forward to mm. is the after as well, sitting down talking about it. And do you, do you ladies think that it'll be of any benefits maybe to families in local parishes? Yourself, do you think... Um, that we might be able to learn something even from from listening to other people's problems, joys, whatever it might be? I think just understanding that families, that they're not just on their own. That's a big thing. A lot of families think, OK, we're going to go to Mass now and we'll mm. come home and then the week will fly by and we go to Mass again. Mm. But that they want to live live the life. But like knowing that there's other families out there that want mm. to do the very same as you. They could be in a different country, but they'd yeah. be sitting next to you above in Dublin that weekend and to just start that conversation and to be able to bring that home is so important. I think that conversation started even with the, even with the parish um, with the parish conversations, and we played some of them in the program here for the last few weeks. 
and what I liked about that, it came people from various backgrounds now. There were people who were gay, there were people who were disabled, there were people who were retired, there were people who were widowed, all sorts of people with all sorts of problems. But, but it, it really brought it home to me that they are part of families too. There's no such thing as a perfect family. No, there and isn't. And that's so important. And I think hopefully that's what the world, meeting the families, might just bring out a little bit more to ourselves. Exactly. It's not just about being up there and being perfect and having all the right ticks. Exactly. Every family is their own shape, their own size, Mm. the amount of kids, you know, grandparents and everything. You you forget that sometimes family isn't blood related as well. You have family when you go to work. You have your work family. When you're volunteering, for example, I'm in the Red Cross. So that's my family Mm. when I'm training or when I go. So you have to remember as well, just because it's a world meeting of families and family is so important as well. It's your roots at the end of the day. But what you learn in your, your family at home, you take to your other families. Yeah, very so, much so. So you're able to, to bring that family love into everything else that you do. And you're speaking off like there, um, the word connection keeps on going through my mind there when you're speaking like that. And maybe that little bit of connection with families, maybe we've lost a little bit now, have we? People, young people seem to be busy, and, uh, and I'm not blaming on young people now mm-hmm. because people of my own age are the same thing. But that little connection of family isn't as strong now as what it was. We, we need to bring a sense of calm into the storm. Like mm. modern families, it, it's a, it's uproar sometimes. You know, you see people flying out the door with their school bags or with their gear bags and trying to bring a sense of calm that they can find a place to go to as a family and all speak with families. And that's why I think having the event in Ireland is, is needed, especially with the year. Where did the idea come up about having something in Newcastle West? Mm. Um, the event, I suppose, myself and Kathleen and, and Seamus Leahy as well, will be helping us as well. Uh, we did the youth ministry course and we felt we still had that passion and power to do something and we couldn't let this opportunity pass. This is a world event. I've said it I don't know how many times on the mm-hmm. radio already mm-hmm. and we need to prepare for it. You can't just expect to go up and I don't think anyone ex- knows what's going to happen. Do you know, when I went to Krakow, you think, oh yeah, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But it was totally different. You know, you go mm-hmm. and, and Lorraine, mm-hmm. you can say the same. Do you know, you, you go with a certain idea Hmm. You come home, your your mind is, is blown with ideas. Yeah. So I suppose from us, from the youth ministry, we wanted, as Kathleen said as well, we learned this to speak with young people yeah. and their yeah. language. But I suppose, you see, family, you know, you have um, a certain communication level with families as well. Yeah. So we're trying to incorporate the whole thing for, for the month that's in it. What's going to happen on Saturday night? Or Saturday... Uh, it's, not, it's a 6.30 mass, I believe, in Newcastle West, isn't it? OK, so tell me what happens. What, what's planned? Well, we'll start with the music. You okay. know, um, we have lovely music from our young people and um, we will go from there into... Um, um, we'll have symbols. Now, there'll be a symbol for um, family. OK. And family consists of... Um, as you said, all shapes and sizes mm. and extended family as well. Oh, good. Okay. You're talking about grandparents, you're talking about extended family where volunteers are concerned. Yeah. You're extending yourself out to the whole community. Okay, and good. those symbols will show all of that. And then, as I said, we go into our Mass and we will have um, our the Liturgy of the Word and we'll have, um, we'll say, families involved in that. Mm, um, mm, mm. Brothers and sisters... Moms and dads, you know, and you go to the prayers of the faithful and we'll incorporate um, families into that. um. And then, I mean, as you continue on, then no doubt you'll have people sharing 
maybe um, little reflections maybe sometimes towards yeah so we we have um, a short kind of reflection put together just on family just so that after communion people understand the the whole theme of the mass Mm. you know because you can go through mass sometimes saying oh that was lovely Mm. but what was the theme so we've we've sat down and we've come up um, with a little reflection but we can't um, forget because we're, we're going to have actions as well for the song so the young people will be going up on the altar you know and, and you need that sense of fun and that sense of liveliness because it is in, in families nowadays you know they go to events and stuff together and they have the smile and the fun and the dance so we're going to incorporate that as well That's a typical Mariah Do you know what strikes me about yeah. the whole thing from the moment the ladies started talking is that theme of joy mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. permeating everything yeah. and I think that comes back to your question earlier John of have we lost a little of the connection with family I think we have because we tend to th- look at religion or look at spirituality or look at prayers oh, mm. it's Sunday morning yeah. and I have to go to mass yeah. rather than bouncing out of bed and going it's Sunday morning mm. we get to celebrate as a mm. family and mm. I suppose that that's one of the big themes of the mass that you'll be highlighting through all the various means like the music and the prayers and the reflections and the involvement of people is that the mass is a celebration of family mm. it's a community of love exactly. and that's the sort of joy that mm-hmm. we want to bring back to people again yep. what do you th- what would you hope might come out of this or, or stay with the people of Newcastle West because of this because of initiating this well my, my main aim personally is to see people go home with a smile that's the okay. first thing okay. um, is to come in and feel welcomed and feel like this is now going to be real joyful and uplifting and they're going to take something home but as well we want to connect with the families we want to be able to see for example if there's a person like a parent or a grandparent that feels like oh I'd like to get involved in something they wouldn't mm. be afraid to come and ask us yeah. what can I get involved yeah. what, what, what are their passions what do they like doing mm. just opening up that forum that yeah. they're not afraid mm. to come and ask mm. or for young people say oh I like drawing so maybe we could ask them to do posters every now and again or something like that Mm, mm. or you know there might be someone says oh I'd love to read but I'm very nervous so Mm. work around with them and set up a little group and and keep Mm. that alive just we'll say for I know a lot of young people my age as well they come home from Lourdes and be like oh I want to bring Lourdes home with me but unfortunately we can't or Metchigori Mm -hmm. we can't bring that home so what we want to do is just bring that little bit of light and and have meetings once a month or something after this with families with young people just to keep that that communication that joy open in the parish I think the way you You've expressed yourself this morning, girls. Uh, you know, I, I think people out there would be jumping at the opportunity mm-hmm. of maybe coming to Newcastle West. But will you have enough seats there in six thirty mass? And oh, it's a big church, John. We'll, we'll we'll make room. We'll make. And room. if I have my way, everyone will be up dancing. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. But John, I just hope you don't mind that if there is anyone out there listening, anybody with kids, anybody family-wise, parents, grandparents, uncles or aunts that want to get involved in this mass because mm. we we have a few more days. So if they are interested, do you mind if they email no the problem. show? No and then you can get forwarded on to myself or Captain or Seamus. If they want to meet us during the week or we exactly. can email. Exactly. Yeah. That's on sacredspace102 at gmail.com. That's sacredspace102 at gmail.com. By all means. And of course, if you're sitting at home and you're going, oh gosh, I could never do anything like that. You can always pray for family. And you can always spread the good news by doing mm. little things. You know, if mm-hmm. you're a parent at home or if you're a grandparent and you have younger children and they're not entirely sure about church or whatever. Mm. If you want, just show them the parts of the Mass and the Missal. Mm. Or whisper very, very softly. Do you know why the priest is doing See, See that? See what the priest is mm. He's adding the little drop of water into mm. the... Or whatever it might be. And yeah. just explain the little mm. parts of the Mass to mm. them. Mm. Or 
on a quieter day, take them into the church and show them the beautiful mm-hmm. different parts of the church and why they're there. Or take them into the crying chapel if there is a crying chapel. We have a beautifully, wonderfully painted crying chapel in Newcastle West Church, which was uh, painted by Keith O'Reilly, very talented painter. Um, and just explain the different parts of the Bible story to them. Mm-hmm. Or at Christmas time, you know, take them to the crib or when you go somewhere on pilgrimage, take mm. them to the local shrine or whatever it might be. There's loads of different ways of passing on the faith with joy to people. I think the thing that's very important too, uh, and here in Sacred Space we try to stress it, is uh, not to forget those people, uh, our, our listeners who are at home, on their own maybe, lonely. Those people who are also member of families, those mm-hmm. people who might have lost uh, partners in life, uh, those people who might be sick and ill, and those people who might sort of feel out of maybe a little mm. bit these days on what's happening with the world, meeting the families. The only thing I can say to you is that you're, you're definitely in the prayers and thoughts all the time here in Sacred Space, but I'd say in Newcastle West and every other parish. Um, there'll be a special thought for you this year I think I think that's important Absolutely and can I also mention because I know it's not talked of very often um, to those of you who are trying desperately to have a family and for whatever reason God hasn't blessed you in that particular regard we know that this is a particularly hard time for you to be listening to the radio or to be hearing a lot about family because Mm. unfortunately it still tends to be a very private affair and people don't talk about it too much but know know that you're in our prayers and that we are wishing you all the best as well and so a final reminder again saturday night next so saturday august the 11th at the 6 30 p.m mass in newcastle west bring the dancing shoes please yes. okay. <laughs> i'll have do, mine do i have to bring my own my own seat with me or will there be sufficient room in there i'll always find a seat for you john <laughs> oh, <it's a> <laughs> ladies thank Good you course. so much for that thank you and john. at this stage now we'll go for a second bit of music and this is one specifically asked by yourself it's, uh, it's one that yourself and I know members of your family love it. It's entitled Sowing Good Seeds. Yes, really exactly. And this is by M- M- Mavis Staples. So let's hear this.
again to the third part of Sacred Space. My name is John Keeley. Still joined in studio here by Lorraine, Kathleen and Mariah. And Shane joins us again on the Skype all the way from somewhere out there in Skypeline. So this part of the programme is the most important part of any programme where we read and reflect on the Word of God. Uh, that's the Gospel for the week. And before reading the Gospel, there's always a prayer. Before, we always pray before reading and reflecting on Scripture. And this morning we'll invite Kathleen to read that for us. Thanks, Kathleen. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive it, all that it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us, so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed, nor our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who, recite, who used to recite the Psalms, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that, Kathleen. So this week we're going to do things a little differently um, because the Gospel is so important. And especially through the medium of radio, you don't have the privilege of being able to read it unless you have the missalette at home. So just a little thought or two before we listen to Maria re- reading the Gospel for us. This gospel is from John chapter 6 and of course John chapter 6 is a very familiar gospel to us because it's all about the Eucharist, it's all about the bread of life. So I invite you this morning to listen very, very closely as Kathleen prayed in our little prayer. We want to approach scripture reverently, attentively and humbly. Reverently means putting ourselves in the presence of God. Attentively means listening very carefully to the words and being humble, being open to receive that word. So this morning as Maria reads the gospel for us, just listen there for any word or phrase that might be speaking to you or that might jump out at you. And that's what God wants you, you in particular, to hear this morning. And I invite you to think about maybe three little questions. Because in every gospel we can look at these three questions. What is God revealing to me about himself in this gospel. What is God revealing to me about myself in this gospel? And what is God revealing to me about the church in this gospel? When the people saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, 
they got into boats and crossed to Capernaum to look for Jesus. When they found him on the other side, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered, I tell you most solemnly, you are not looking for me, because you have seen the signs, but because you had all the bread you wanted to eat. Do not work for food that cannot last, but work for food that endures to eternal life, the kind of food the Son of Man is offering you. For on him the Father, God himself, has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do if we are to do the works that God wants? Jesus gave them his answer. This is working for God. You must believe in the one he has sent. So they said, What sign will you give to show us that we should believe in you? What work will you do? Our fathers had manna to eat in the desert. As scripture says, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus answered, I tell you most solemnly, it was not Moses who gave you bread from heaven. It is my Father who gives you the bread from heaven. The bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread always. Jesus answered, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never be hungry. He who believes in me will never thirst. Thank you, Mariah. So just ponder for a few moments yourselves on those three little questions. What is God revealing to me about himself in this passage? What is he saying? What is he promising he will do for me? What is God revealing to me about myself in this passage? Where am I? Am I with the disciples? Am I with the crowds of people coming to Jesus? Am I looking for signs? Am I going to believe that he is the bread of life? And what is this passage revealing to us about the church? As church, how do we bring Jesus to the world? How does Jesus work through us? And just spend a few moments there thinking about those thoughts. So Shane will ask you to give us a little background on the gospel this morning. It's a very familiar one again to us. <coughs> Indeed, it is. And um, this morning, we, we continue the reading from John, uh, similar to what we had last week. And of course, one of the reasons we dip in and out of John's gospel is, of course, because uh, the we're, we're reading uh, Mark's gospel this year. And of course, Mark, Mark's gospel is quite short. So to make it last the year, <laughs> we have to dip into John. Um, John's account that we give them, we have here, is very much uh, focusing, I suppose, on the externalities, um, the idea of signs and wonders. 
and it links very much, although we, do, we don't read it on the program, it's also about uh, linking into the, the, first te- the first reading, which is from the Old Testament, and the, the Israelites revolting against Moses uh, because of the hunger for physical food. And I suppose, I know, you know, if you're looking at the world, it's a very human thing, I suppose, to want uh, to see, to understand, both in terms of seeing something physical in front of us, and also that whole desire very much of, of hunger. And it very much, it's the approach of the world today, where if I can't see it, you can't prove it in a scientific way, it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter, uh, is the approach that some people would take to life. But I suppose it's, you know, the response we have, Jesus' own response is, you know, I tell you, my son, you're not looking for me because you have seen the signs, but because you have all the bread you wanted to eat, which, of course, follows on from last Sunday's um, miracle of the loaves and the fishes. And, but it's that, that's, I suppose, is the question that's there for us. What are we looking for uh, when we talk about faith and the interaction with cloud? Um, you know, and then the response that the crowd asks is, what must we do if, we are to do the works that God wants, and you know, it's 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 you know that kind of a question, I suppose, which we need to reflect on 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 this Sunday's on this Sunday's gospel, and I suppose eventually then we come down to John's famous last line in this particular pericope, which is, "I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never be hungry, and he who believes in me will never thirst." That great line, um, of course, which many people know from that famous song from the 1970s. And it's something for us, I suppose, to reflect on very much this Sunday. I am the bread of life. What does that mean to me? I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never be hungry. Who He who believes in me will never thirst. A lot of room, food for thought, uh, Lorraine, on that particular line I would have thought on this Sunday's Gospel. Absolutely. I mean, there's so much in that gospel. And of course, what we'd like to do is give people a little spaces as well to kind of to bring up their own thoughts on the gospel too. So again, our, our three little questions. What is God revealing to you about himself and in his providence? Where does he provide for you? And think about Jesus in the Eucharist and all that he promises he will give you through the Eucharist. Where do we find ourselves? Do we find ourselves in our own lives looking for signs? Do we find ourselves reflecting on the importance of the Eucharist? Do we find ourselves going actively seeking Jesus in our lives? And where do we find the church? Remembering that the church is not just the hierarchy. The church is all of us, each member of the church. How do we bring Jesus to others? How do we tell people that Jesus is the bread of life who will satisfy all our needs? John, do you have any thoughts before we go? Yeah, the thought, I was at lecture to be in a bit further, Frank Dewick, there, um, Monday night, that's 8.15 to 9.15 in the Paris Centre, Newcastle West. Uh, there are about 15, 20 of us there, and Father Frank, of course, challenges us with, uh, as the Gospel does each week, uh, what's it saying to us, and uh, what's the challenges, and so on and so forth. And the thing that came out for me this week was that line when the boys said, um, what must we do if we're to do the works that God wants? And the answer Jesus gave, this is working for God, you must believe in the one he sent. And I think that's the challenge for all of us. We're asked to believe whatever Jesus is asking us to do. And how do we know that? Well, we know that by reading scripture, listening to him, speaking to us in the Gospels and so on and so forth, and having that bit of a relationship as well. Well, not bit, but a big relationship with Jesus, because there's so many other uh, obstacles out there telling us or advising us to do this, that, and the other. But if we want to work for God, and if we want to get for eternal life, that's what Jesus said in the Gospel, as far as I was concerned, anyway, what I heard was, 
we must believe in the one he has sent and that's Jesus we must believe in Jesus how do I know that I must listen to the gospel anyway we've got to finish up because it's the end of the program uh, I've talked too much as we usual we had a wonderful time we, we could go on and on and on but anyway West Limit 102 won't allow it Carlos thanks a lot for coming in thank, thank you, you John now you've you. got used to the seats and you're comfortable absolutely and you've had a bit of practice they look so happy there, John, don't they? Next time they can come on and they can tell us what a wonderful mass you had there, maybe back in. Yes. And, and we'll talk about your dancing skills, John. You might do that and then you <laughs> might come back as well, as well. Maybe after the Pope is gone and maybe after this we're all meeting the families and maybe come back and share with. With, with the listeners, because I think listeners need people like ourselves, uh, you know, to be in, in, there in front of the mic, just to give them an opportunity, as Lorraine said this morning, to explore their own thoughts. Exactly. This was your source, maybe this is their source, and so on and so forth. So, again, time to go. Shane, thanks a lot for joining us, connecting with us here in Newcastle in uh, this evening via Skype. No problem, John. We'll speak to you again next week, where we have Sister Beatrice Clark from Nashville, Tennessee, and she's going to speak to us about the visit of the relics of St. Therese to the St. Saviour's Church in Limerick City. And of course, just before we go, John, a little reminder that that Mass again in Newcastle West Church will be the 6.30pm Mass on the 11th of August, and everybody, everybody is welcome. A warm welcome. Yes. Easy now when they come from Newcastle West <laughs> <laughs> well done, girls. Thank you very much indeed. Thank now you. we must go. We must go. Well, last piece of music. What else would we do? John Michael Talbot's uh, lo- lovely piece of music entitled I Am the Bread of Life. So, until next week, God bless you all now. Bye. 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 Sacred Space.